Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In three, two, one. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie Easton. This, this is the Sunday 7. Hello and welcome to the Sunday 7. It's our Sunday edition with science and tech stories from the week, including news on NASA's plans for space, good news on your lawn mowing duties, and the incredible story of the girl who pushed the bear. All of that to come in the week that in 1665, that's 356 years ago, diarist Samuel Pepys wrote of the Great Plague of London, where houses were marked with red crosses, which meant the plague was in the house, and residents had to stay indoors for 40 days or until death whichever came first. And you think a 10-day quarantine after your trip to Portugal's bad? (laughs) We've all looked up into the night sky and wondered what's out there, but think about this. 80% of what you're looking at is invisible, and not just because it's nighttime. Dark matter is the mysterious substance that makes up 80% of the universe. Hi, I'm Dong Zhang. I'm a professor in the Astronomy and Astrophysics Department at Penn State University. Now a team at Penn State have used machine learning to develop a map of dark matter in the local universe. Dark matter is astronomers' jargon referring to the excess amount of gravity beyond what you infer from the visible objects. We don't see this extra gravity in the solar system, but astronomers have found evidence for it on and beyond galactic scales. From the motion of stars in the dwarf galaxy to the motion of galaxies in the galaxy clusters. We don't just have some amount of dark matter. In fact, the majority, about 80% of matter in the universe, is dark matter. Knowing the distribution of dark matter in the local universe is important for studying the creation and the evolution of our local neighborhood. So what makes this invisible galactic structure so important? Dark matter dominates gravity. For example, you may have heard about our Milky Way and Andromeda galaxy approaching each other. But when and how exactly they will collide will be determined by the distribution of dark matter around us. AI allowed us to study dark matter because AI is extremely good at finding a hidden relationship between two images. Right, quick test for you. What was the name of our guest on the last item? See, you probably can't remember, can you? But you should be able to remember the topic. It was dark matter, by the way. Hello, I'm Julia Lifanov, a PhD student at Birmingham University and a part of Professor Maria Wimber's lab. Researchers at the University of Birmingham have discovered that our memories become less vibrant and detailed over time. But we do retain the central idea, like the gist of what happened. 
Recall is believed to be initiated in a brain region called the hippocampus. During recall, the connection between the hippocampus and semantic network areas that lie very close to the hippocampus can be strengthened. In contrast, more visual areas that are further away might not be reached at times. That's why it's generally easier to remember the meaningful semantics of an event and not the superficial visual details. So you might remember you'd been to the pub instead of a restaurant, but you probably wouldn't remember whether you'd ordered a pale ale or a stout. The question is, is it possible to improve our memory with practice? Our study and also many others also showed that testing yourself repeatedly, for example with flashcards, really helps you to inscribe information in your memory and make it last. This works much better than just repeatedly studying the same materials. So testing oneself on learned material like, for example, an English-Russian vocabulary is a more efficient way to remember them than rereading the vocabulary. But it is also important to get rest periods during your studies and enough sleep, as these contribute to our memory consolidation. Admit it, we've all picked up a few new skills in the pandemic, haven't we? Especially when we've got to be our own IT department, whether it's getting Zoom going or rebooting the Wi-Fi router for the 427th time. Hi, I'm Jane Dickinson and I'm the Digital Skills Lead at the Open University. Now, a new study shows that the pandemic has had a really positive effect on businesses generally, as Jane explains. The report that um, the Open University and Be The Business have published this week, which is entitled Skills for success and really oriented around supporting business leaders with digital adoption showed that actually we've been adopting um, technology at the rate um, that we've never adopted it before um, with the pace of acceleration um, rapidly growing. So um, different reports suggest that there's been anything from about three to seven years worth of adoption in those few months. Um, And the pace of change um, is not expected to slow down. Um, Most business leaders intend to continue to use technology after restrictions lift. However, there are still issues with a quarter of smaller businesses admitting that they've spent nothing at all on training or technology. Um, You know, the three quarters just don't have the technical skills to get the most out of the technology they adopt. And two thirds don't think they have the business leadership skills either. So, Starting to think about how um, you can create a culture of continuous learning, how you can make learning available to your employees and encourage that um, is also really important for survival, I think. It's been a boom time for NASA recently. With the success of the Perseverance rover on Mars and growing interest in spaceflight, it's a great time for new Administrator Senator Bill Nelson to take over. And this week he laid out the big plans for the next steps in space exploration after a pretty dramatic introduction. Hello, and welcome aboard the International Space Station. I'm NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur, along with my Expedition 65 crewmates. We're excited to kick off this year's State of NASA from 250 miles above the Earth, conducting world-class research for the Earth. 
As astronauts, we have the best jobs in the galaxy. But the work we do on station wouldn't be possible without your support. We're on a path to land the first woman and the first person of color on the moon as part of the Artemis program. It is our honor to introduce someone who knows exactly what it's like to live and work up here in orbit. Our new administrator, the Honorable Senator Bill Nelson. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much. And thank you, Megan, Shane, and Mark, for the introduction. It's well known that NASA is the most popular agency or department of the federal government, and that's because of you, the NASA family. The big news is that NASA have set their sights on our nearest neighbour, Venus, as the next target for exploration. There are two missions which were selected as part of NASA's discovery programme and are scheduled to take place before 2030. Congratulations to the teams behind NASA's two planetary science missions, Veritas Truth and Da Vinci Plus. These two sister missions both aim to understand how Venus became an inferno-like world capable of melting lead at the surface. They will offer the entire science community the chance to investigate a planet we haven't been to in more than 30 years. In our solar system, of the rocky planets, there's Mercury closest to the sun. It has no atmosphere. Then there's Venus with an incredibly dense atmosphere. Then there's Earth with a habitable atmosphere. And then there's Mars with an atmosphere that is just 1% of Earth's. We hope these missions will further our understanding of how Earth evolved and why it's currently habitable when others in our solar system are not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, it's the sound of Saturday morning suburbia, the rumble of distant lawnmowers going to work. But maybe from an environmental and wildlife point of view, we really shouldn't be cutting our grass so often. Hi, my name's Ben Phillips and I'm a postgraduate researcher from the University of Exeter. A new study from the University of Exeter has focused on roadside verges, which incredibly make up over 1% of land in all of Great Britain. That's basically an area the size of Dorset. We found that about a quarter of these verges are mown very regularly, similarly to how you'd manage your garden lawn. That's bad for wildlife. These verges are mostly found in urban areas, and we're suggesting that councils stop doing this, that they mow these urban verges less, um, and where possible just mow them up to a couple of times a year. So, are we all just blindly following the guidance of Big Lawn? Could I... oh my god, could I have a Saturday morning lion? Well, predictably, it's complicated. There are benefits to short grass too. So actually, some animals 
do really like that very regularly mown short grass. Whilst most will benefit from mowing less often, others actually rely on that very regularly mown grass. Things like little solitary bees that nest in the ground in your lawn, they generally don't sting, they, they live by themselves rather than in colonies. And they'll dig holes in, in this very short grass, so they'll benefit from, from areas being mown more often. So actually mixing it up and doing different things in different places is going to be the best thing that you can do. So cutting most of your lawn less often will be great, but actually having some areas, maybe places where you like to sit, eat food um, and enjoy your garden, mowing those areas more often will also provide for lots of other species. been a while since anyone had a real proper night out no chance to have a dance in a crowded overheated nightclub but the question is for how long has mankind been going dancing a new discovery at an ancient burial site the republic of Karela in russia suggests that mankind's been dancing and partying for almost eight thousand years Researchers from the University of Helsinki have discovered elk teeth with distinctive markings, which suggests they were used as rattlers sewn onto clothing. Researcher Dr. Rita Rainio spoke to the Past Sounds podcast and says such things were used to make rhythmic sounds to inspire dance, and there's plenty of evidence that backs it up. Actually, the archaeological record as such is full of uh, traces of uh, ancient sounds, like, for example, animal bones tell about the environmental sounds. Uh, then there are a lot of plants remains, pollen, that tell us about the plants that were growing around the people. Then there are tools, and actually all artifacts tell a lot about sounds, environmental sounds and ambient sounds that surrounded people. So, And then there are structures that you can find found in the ground that tell uh, about the acoustics. You may not have heard the name Hayley Moronico before, but you've almost certainly seen her in action. She's the 17-year-old who went viral this week for pushing a brown bear off her garden wall in Bradbury, California. Needless to say, park rangers aren't too keen on you pushing bears, even if they have your eye on your picnic basket. But Rebecca Barboza, a biologist at California Fish and Wildlife, says bears are not inherently aggressive towards humans or pets. Bear girl Hayley spoke to Good Morning Britain and described what went through her mind. Well, in the moment, honestly, uh, I I saw that it was a bear, but in my head, I didn't register that a bear could potentially be a dangerous animal that could really harm me or kill me. Uh, I just saw that it was picking up my dog, uh, Valentina here, and I had to do what I had to do to save her, get her out of her grasp and just all come home safe. And when did she realize quite what she'd done? Uh, it was just after I pushed her. I had just had like one second to think, um, like, oh my God, I just did that. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris.